We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah, there is a controversy, so to speak, brewing in the Ravens locker room involving Lamar Jackson, but it's one you're probably going to like, and maybe even it'll put a smile on your face. It put a smile on my face. And speaking (laughs) of Lamar, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin talks about the level of confidence his quarterback is playing with right now. And meanwhile, Mike McDonald, he addressed Kyle Hamilton's toughness playing through his injury right now. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, December 15th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault, presented by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC. You can visit RideThoroughbred.com and follow them on Instagram at RideThoroughbred. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they are up next. So we're going to take a look at both injury reports from the Ravens and Jags. And while we're at it, we're going to compare the Ravens injury report to what it was two years ago at this time. Mm. Plus, there weren't many national debates surrounding the Ravens this week, but one did catch our attention. Was Mark Andrews being taken out of the equation a blessing in disguise for Baltimore? Hmm. Well, we will discuss that, debate it. We have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So, Bobby, take us into the locker room. What what is this that's going on? Well, this is funny. We just spoke earlier in the week on Thursday's Morning Vault about the MVP odds right through 14 weeks. And, of course, Lamar Jackson's in the conversation. I think he was behind Brock Purdy and was it Dak Prescott, right? Those two players? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, clearly, that award is still up for grabs. And depending on how things go the rest of the the month and into January – uh, we'll end up seeing who who's there. I mean, we were kind of surprised that Tyree Kill's name wasn't on that list. But again, there's more football to be played. Kyle Goon, reporter for the Baltimore Banner, was first on top of this. For our audio-only folks, there is a screenshot of a, a essentially a, a T-shirt that's been customized by safety Daryl Worley that has Lamar Jackson's face on it with a football um, there's lettering that says that's my quarterback with the hashtag MVP Ravens way one other hashtag that I can't see because of the photo. But anyway, 
The only issue, as Kyle tweets, is that Jackson himself doesn't seem to be a huge fan, calling for a, quote, boycott of the shirts. <laughs> he hasn't generated much support, meaning they're rocking this shirt throughout the locker room. Lamar's too humble. We know that. He doesn't like to be in the spotlight, but this is pretty funny. And uh, a hat tip to Daryl Worley for getting these customized. Well, it's hilarious because he put it, from what I understand from other reporters on Twitter, uh, he put this T-shirt in, like, everybody's locker, right? <laughs> so so a ton of guys are sporting it, and it's Lamar who's like, take that take that off, you know? So, no, we just played a clip from, from Lamar yesterday about how he's like, hey, I appreciate it, and he's always, like, he's always, like, gracious when people talk big about him. He certainly is always gracious, but... He constantly, it's always the answer. I'm looking for a different trophy. I'm looking for a different award. But here's my thing, Bobby. By the way, I would sport this. I know that Lamar doesn't like it, but I would sport it. Like, send me one, Daryl Worley. We'll, we'll both put it where on the show. Except, can we switch out the picture? Is it what, like, what's that beanie? Like, can we get him in Ravens attire? I think that's like a Florida State beanie or what i don't know where this photo came from that he's using on the t-shirt but why did he choose that one there's so many ravens ones we're talking about an mvp of this year let's go i wonder if that's part of the the trolling from daryl i mean he didn't play his college football at florida state so i don't know where that comes into play maybe maybe one of our audience members can steer us in the right direction there i mean daryl played it west virginia if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know where that comes in. I mean, he is a Florida boy, but he's a South Florida yeah. boy. So, and he didn't go to school in Florida. We know he went to Louisville. <laughs> so anyway, there's probably some more digging to do here, but I do like the veteran and Daryl Worley. Not that Lamar's not a veteran at this point, but it, it is kind of funny to see him toying with a guy who doesn't get toyed with a lot in the locker room. It's 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 all in good spirits. Let's say that it, in the holiday spirit, if you will. Yeah, and it just speaks to more like, and you see this every time there's a, a wired coming out from the team. It just speaks to the the vibe going on in this locker room. And I've seen national media; they kind of tap into it every once in a while because they get to tap into several locker rooms and they get to see the difference. I think maybe we might be spoiled with how much this team all loves each other. Like, you know, again, OBJ with likely that video we showed yesterday, I could have, we could have pulled in clips of PQ. I had no clue that PQ was as encouraging to offense and defense as much as I saw him do uh, be on the Ravens wired. Like, it's just as like, like legitimately there's no inkling of anybody being upset with anybody. And it helps that you're 10 and three, of course, um, but, but from the coaches, it just is like, it's just another iteration of how much this team loves each other, which is, you can't ask for more when you're like trying to put it all together. Cause as we played a clip for Matt Reed, he's like, it takes a lot to win a super bowl. It takes a city. It takes playing well. It takes a locker room like this. You need all these good vibes to go all the way. And you can't fake this kind of lock locker room atmosphere no. either. I mean, they're, they're playing for each other. And if that wasn't, you know abundantly clear when the aforementioned Patrick Queen is sprinting down the sideline to get to Tylen Wallace <laughs> on that walk-off return. I, I don't know what else is more clear than that. So anyway, along the lines, though, of Lamar and just how much he's having fun and he's playing the game. I mean, think about this time last year. First of all, I th he, he wasn't even available. 
this time last year. But then when you think about how much the contract and, and being in a contract year was over his head and how much of a national storyline that was day in and day out, even when he was was hurt, it was still like a cloud over this team. Think about how far things have come. Uh, it kind of makes sense when, when Todd Munkin talks about just how much he loves the game, and it's showing right, right now. First of all, I think Lamar is, first of all, he's already very confident in his ability, and I don't mean that overconfident. He loves playing football. Um, I mean, he's one of the rare guys I've been around. There's guys that like football, and he loves football. I mean, he loves to play. So those moments uh, never get too big for him, ever, um, from what I've seen. I should never say that hell up. What have I been here, 13 games? I mean, so hell, that should never. Well, that's a pretty short stay. Um, but it doesn't feel that way. Um, I do think that um, the more often you're able to have success, certainly it builds confidence with your ability to feel like, you know, you're never out of it, I guess would be the way to say that. Um, so, I mean, obviously the way it turned out was, I mean, I don't know, I've been doing this 30-something years, and uh, you can count on one, maybe two hands a number of times you have a game like that. I mean, pretty cool. He also went on to say that you never want that night to end, and judging mm -hmm. by Tylen Wallace's Instagram story this week, he doesn't want it to end at all day after day after day. He's soaking this up. He's the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. It's been a fun week in Baltimore for sure, but Quick turn, not not necessarily a quick turnaround, but it is almost time to travel to Jacksonville, and this is a big one coming up Sunday night. I think it's a, just a big statement for Munkin, who literally has been around for decades playing football, and he's like, man, that game yeah. is just one of the best best I've been a part. And as you've said, Justin Tucker being like, that play was one of the best I've been a part of. And he's like, had a few, you know, big moments in his own career, kicking game winners, you know, as, a, as an NFL record with a game winner. So... Uh, yeah, so that's all good vibes, and you can only get confidence when you are, you know, punched several times by the Rams, but end up winning in overtime. And then, meanwhile, on the defensive side, Mike McDonald. So speaking of, of getting punched, like obviously we all know that Kyle Hamilton's working through an injury. Mike McDonald talking to about his toughness. Yeah, well, you said it. I mean, it's he's a tough guy, and uh, you know, just. I think you know talking to him about what he was thinking through the situation is you know he's a it was a funny story to hear about it you know because it was the there was a play before where he hit you know he tackled the crosser and then come back didn't really realize it was banged up until later probably had some adrenaline going in that situation but yeah he's a he's a tough dude yeah there was plenty of adrenaline going on at the bank with seventy thousand in the midst of those conditions the lower bowl was was rolling I mean. Pat McAfee and the national shows have been talking about how much of an advantage it is to be playing at M&T Bank Stadium this week. So, yeah, well said there by Mike and well said by the Ravens injury report this week, too, because it's looking pretty dang good. We'll have two years ago as a comparison the next slide. But for, for now, Kyle Hamilton was limited Wednesday and Thursday so far this week. So we'll see if that trends towards him giving it a go on Sunday night with major seeding implications against Jacksonville. Malik Ham has been a full participant all week long dealing with an ankle, uh, as has Malik Harrison with that groin. Tyler Huntley, just uh, what is NIR? Not injury related. Thank you. Just mm -hmm. a personal day for him on Thursday. And then Roquan after being limited with that back setback that we mentioned 
On Thursday's morning, Vault was a full participant later that day in practice. Good news for him moving forward. I mean, are we ever going to be worried about him when he pops up? He just needs a day here and there. And it's not even like he needed a full day. He was limited. <laughs> he's just, he's the Terminator is what he is. He just, you can't bring him down here. So, no. So for the second day in a row, um, nobody missed practice due to injury. So yesterday it was all 53 men on the roster practiced today, uh, uh, or excuse me, Wednesday, all 53. And then Thursday, uh, just Tyler Huntley for a personal day. Meanwhile, listen, well, well, first of all, let's look at this. Let's compare this. We got everybody at practice this week, minus a personal day. And then just going back two years, Bobby, um, the, the Lamar translator, he pulled this up, pulled up the injury report for this week, two years ago. And I can't even, how many guys are on that list? Like 15, 16, 20. I mean, I don't, that's just, and that isn't even talking about who was on IR. Mm -hmm. That was just such a dreadful year. And then to your point, talking about Lamar at this time last year, where everything was like, everything just felt so terrible that's why you just got to keep your head up. You just got to keep your head up because good days are always coming. So just incredible to compare where we were two years ago and even last year. Meanwhile, though, in Jacksonville, uh, while they have more guys listed on their injury report, nobody uh, missed their practice either. Uh, so two guys, uh, Campbell and Cisco, who were did not practice uh, DNP guys on Wednesday, he was back out there. And by the way, in terms of the Ravens, according to reports, while Kyle Hamilton was limited both both days, uh, he was more involved, it sounds like, according to reports. So we got two teams, Bobby, that, you know, you got banged up guys, but everybody's out there. I like it. I like it. One comment on that list, by the way, the previous slide. This right yeah. here, I just remember thinking – in the aftermath, we didn't know what was happening in the midst of it. But in the aftermath, when all the changes were made, of course, the changes were made last offseason. So it wasn't after this 2021 season, strength and conditioning wise. I just remember, I look back at that now and I think to myself, sure, there was a lot of bad luck to make this kind of list right here. And let's just count it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 players were on this list uh, as, as an injury report, December 3rd, 2021. I look back at that, sure, there was some bad luck there, there was some circumstance there, but to me, the overarching takeaway, that is an indictment of what the Ravens were doing strength and conditioning-wise right there. I think Kadri would tell you this exact same thing. He's been extremely opinionated about that. There's no way to truly prove it by the, other than looking at this list, but clearly changes were needed to be made some of that might have been luck. Some of that might have just been timing, but they did it. The previous season, this past offseason, John Harbaugh vowed to evaluate it top down, and luckily, knock on wood, through 14 weeks of football, it's worked out pretty dang well. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's uh, probably, to your point, a little bit of both the changes that were made, but also a little bit of luck. You know, how many times has it been like, oh, like Kyle Hamilton, is he is he down for good? And then it's like, nope, I'm back, or, or Marcus Williams, or all that kind of stuff, so... Uh, yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. So Bobby, I listened to Trevor Lawrence's press conference from Wednesday and he was talking about his injury. He said he suffered no setbacks when he went out and played against the Browns, even though he put up three interceptions. I think he also had three touchdowns, but had those three turnovers, uh, but said he suffered no setbacks, 
doesn't sound like he's completely 100%, but he's obviously been a full participant. So uh, the folks over at NFL Live at ESPN, they were listening to that press conference too. And I just thought this was funny from uh, Marcus uh, Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo. He's worked so hard for this moment. He's going to do everything he can to be out there. What do you think about what Trevor just said? I'm glad he didn't re-aggravate it because he's going to need his head, shoulder, knees, ankles, and toes for this game. And this defense with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and linebacker chasing them down. And we know Mike McDonald obviously loves the pressure when it's advantageous. Trevor is going to have to use his legs in this game. This is a really good rush unit for the Baltimore Ravens. And also, like I said, implementing those linebackers into the rush. And two, like, I get that he's saying there's no panic, but y'all have looked bad over the last two weeks, especially as a team as a whole. Like, offensively, you've had some shining moments. This is a huge game for the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they think about themselves going forward into the playoff. Yeah, I need your head, shoulders, knees, ankles, and toes. Um, obviously giving a lot of love to the, to the Ravens defense who, you know, just gave up 31 points. And But if we got time, I really want to show these clips from, from Brian Baldinger a little bit later on, like how – how the Rams were able to move the ball. I have a hard time thinking that people can replicate what Matthew Stafford did. I'll get to that later. But I guess, Bobby, I wanted to just kind of point out, it feels like like two weeks ago, to Swagoo's point, he's like, y'all, meaning the Jags, you guys haven't looked good for a couple weeks, and it's since that injury and losing to the Browns. I thought when we got to this game, I thought this might be, you know, for the number one seed. And, of course, the number one seed is still up for grabs, but I thought it would be like they might still be tied, the Jags and the Ravens. So uh, the Jags obviously are desperate in stopping this two-game losing skid, but I don't know that it like their urgency would have been any less if they were both tied. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know that it means that they're not going to be playing as well, but I think the Ravens have an opportunity to really flex this week. Like People are saying, yeah, they're the best team in the AFC, but over in but over in the NFC, it feels like everybody's like, okay, no, it's it's the 49ers. Like, sure, the Cowboys and Eagles are in it, but it's the 49ers. And I think the Ravens have a chance to really flex their muscles and say, hey, we are not only just the bet, not only do we have the better record, but we're we just are going to take out one of our main competitors in the AFC. So even though it's not necessarily that they're tied and, and going for the first seed, I think they're both have something to play for. And for the Ravens, I think it's, they have a chance to flex their muscles and put the league on notice. Yeah. On top of that, create more separation, right? Just in terms of mm-hmm. who who's chasing this team in the AFC. Also get some revenge from what happened a year ago. I'm old enough to remember when they went down to Jacksonville <laughs> and, um, and coughed up a game late that they should have had trevor lawrence was spectacular in the Mm. second half and it was a really bad collapse let's call it what it is it was a collapse last year in late november when the ravens went down there all with all that in mind too you get us a week closer to locking up that top overall seed which we know if you win the next three you go into week 18 having it already locked up so with all that yeah there is a lot to play for it does mean a lot for baltimore i don't really think there's any question about that. Before we continue, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC, and they want to know, do you need a ride to BWI? Maybe Dulles or Reagan, or I don't know, are you getting married and you need guest shuttles? Please call our friends over at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus 
Baltimore's most reliable and affordable ground transportation provider. If you do, safer than rideshare mobile apps. That's what it is. Drivers are professional and background screened, and vehicles remain meticulously detailed. You've probably seen them around the Beltway, uh, maybe at Ravens and Orioles games. So if you find yourself interested, book your next ride with Thoroughbred. You can check out their user-friendly booking website in the show notes below, or just visit www.ridethoroughbred.com. Com. What do we got up next, partner? So I thought this was interesting. Again, I was just kind of scouring national media and whatnot. Um, I did, by the way, find some some complimentary comments out there, uh, even though it was kind of buried among other content. But I thought this statement from Shannon Sharp was pretty interesting when he was talking about how uh, a lot of people are saying the Ravens are like a super complete team, right? And that's why so many people are high on the Ravens right now. And so then uh, Shannon Sharp made a comment that I wanted to talk to you about. I agree with you, but the Ravens are the uh, one team in the AFC that can beat you throwing the football, they can beat you running the football. And what they can do with the Dolphins is that they can run the football because we saw what the Dolphins gave up last night to the Tennessee Titans. So they can take, they can possess the football and minimize the Miami Dolphins offense being on the field. Now they can also throw the football because we saw Lamar Jackson and what he's been able to do every year. He's increasingly, he's gotten better throwing the football. And you mentioned Odell, uh, Stephen A., you mentioned Odell stepping up. Zay Flowers, I likely stepping up. Uh, uh, Bateman, they've done a great job with that receiving core. And I think it's a blessing in disguise because now Lamar Jackson is forced. He doesn't have his old reliable. He doesn't have Mark Andrews. Now he's saying, okay, guys, first one get open, that's who's getting the football. And he has no problem spreading the love around, yeah. and guys are making plays for him. Okay, I like I'd, the Ravens and I'd what like, their, their ability. I'd like to spread the love. Can you put all of us on camera here for a second? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Bobby, that's what I wanted him saying that perhaps now that he's seeing more and more about Lamar spreading it out to all these different guys, uh, he says, you know, Mark Andrews injury might be a blessing in disguise because it's forced Lamar to look elsewhere. What do you think about that comment? Well, I can remember having a similar conversation when he was unavailable last year and what that might mean for Isaiah Likely's development. So specifically, not just a blessing in disguise overall for the Ravens, like we're talking about right now, but for in that moment for Isaiah. And Isaiah happened to flourish. He's been flourishing so far with Mark Down. So are they a better team with Mark Andrews out there? Yes, no question about it. And you need him and you want him, but he's unavailable. Who knows if he'll become available if they make a run? Hopefully so. But I, I am with Shannon on this. I think that he is so much of a security blanket for Lamar that I don't know about forcing him to look elsewhere because he'd, he'd spread it around when Mark was involved in this offense, right? Like there had been other performances where other guys were getting involved. Zay has had big performances with Mark out there, right? Odell, Odell's had a lot of his better performances with Mark down these last few weeks, but I think it goes without saying it's allowed this the Ravens offense to me to without the pressure of the security blanket, whether it's happening inadvertently or not within Lamar, it just forces him to use other targets. And um, Isaiah likely has been able to benefit from that. And ultimately, I just think that they're they've become more well-rounded consistently without Mark. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I feel like I I thought that you summed it up pretty well like where you said like you're still better with mark andrews out there and it also feels weird like there's something that doesn't sit right when you say oh somebody's like major injury is like a blessing even though you're saying it's a blessing in disguise so like it's like yeah but i can say that even in my own life i'm sure a lot of people can think of things in their own lives when like terrible things happened but then it made you better does that make sense and so it's like, in no way do you wish this upon Mark or for any other injury to happen for that sake. Yes. And you still hope he comes back. Right. But at the same time, it's sometimes like, like, uh, there's, there's a side of tragedy, you know, and, and like, you're able to, to rise. So yeah. Like how can, how can you not like if, if Mark isn't there on third down, so let's take the Zay flowers touchdown. It's third and 17, third and 16. Yeah, 17. And he, yeah, like, of course you're thinking in your mind, oh, this is going to be money Mark, right? Like, it's third down. This is time. And and maybe if Mark was out there, he still would have gone to Zay. Um, but there are now more opportunities for somebody else to be proven in the fire. You know what I mean? And to and to, and so so like I definitely think there's some truth to it. And at the same time, I want Mark to come back because now that now that he's building chemistry with all these guys, I want as many options and opportunities as possible. It's allowed the Ravens to flex their depth. They have layers mm -hmm. now. They have more weapons around Lamar, which we all know. But it's allowed them to showcase that 
And uh, to me, I think it's really going to benefit from it's going to it's going to benefit them regardless of whether or not Mark comes back, even into next year, like this next this next phase. You know, Mark's going to be back next year and and you have to continue this passing game. You have to continue to get your wide receivers involved. And guess what? Who knows? Over the next month or so, Isaiah likely might put himself in a conversation where you can't take him off the field next Mm. year when Mark's back available. So I think there's only good that can come from it. But again, it is a slippery slope when you're talking about a blessing in disguise, not having one of the game's best tight ends out there. Right. But I do think that John Harbaugh kind of said it best after it happened. He said he felt like the Ravens were more equipped than ever to absorb. And he was right. Like we're we're seeing that for sure. So moving on, unless you had anything else on that. Okay. So one other comment I had seen in the national media that I wanted to talk to you about, Nick Wright. um, uh, is, Is that Fox? Nick Wright? Yep. First thing. Yeah, okay, first. so that's Fox. Anyway, he was putting his tiers together of teams where you like kind of cluster them, you know, and to have fun instead of saying, hey, this this is like tier one and this is tier two and all that. He has uh he comes up with different names for these tiers. I think I think every week. I don't watch it enough to know. But I thought it was interesting. He put the Ravens and KC in the same tier, but the name of it was very unique. And the comments he made, I wanted to talk to you about afterwards. Six (laughs) weeks to define an era. Ooh. Here's what I mean. These next six weeks will define an an era era if the Ravens can win the conference. Hmm. Because if they can win the conference, it will validate what they have done through over the last five years and give them real hope for the next five years. If they can't win it this year, with everything that's happened in the conference, there will be major questions about what will get them over the hump. The Chiefs, on the other hand, are in a very different position. If the Chiefs this year, with this receiving core, mm-hmm. with this record, still win the AFC, then what hope does anyone else in the conference have moving forward? Next. You pulled this. You go first, and I'll react off to you. Right, he, well, this guy cracks me up. I'm just, I'm trying to I'm trying to process because it was the first time I watched it. So okay, you all go right. ahead first. So, all right. So basically, he's saying the next six weeks will define an era for both Baltimore and Casey. So uh, it feels like a big time hyperbole for sure. Do I think that the next six weeks, like? Football and these rosters turn over so quickly. And like we just talked about how were we were feeling this time last year. It felt like everything was falling apart. We didn't know if Lamar was going to be back. There was no sight of OBJ. Like it, like, it, it, just, it, it just didn't feel good. And here we are a year later and it's like, are they, do they, are like, are they going to be the number one seed, right? Things change so quickly. So I, obviously think that's hyperbole and I don't think it reflects reality. That being said, I do think it reflects the narrative that will definitely be driven among national media. And, and so like, it's just too good not to latch onto that. Like in a sense, he's right. Like if, 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 if Patrick Mahomes can win with this, these, this set of wide receivers, then it's like, how do you stop them? Right. It's kind of yeah. like, is this, is this Tom Brady? You know, is it like you give him whoever and he just keeps winning. So like in that sense, it's like from the outside looking in, it's like, man, kinda right. And then there's definitely going to be some Debbie downers that it's going to be like in Baltimore where 
If you got Lamar Jackson and he's playing well and he has this set of receivers, probably the best set of receivers we've had since the last Super Bowl year with with um, Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith and Jacoby Jones, maybe even better than that one, right? Um, so it's like if Lamar has the, this set of wide receivers and now you've got like Keaton Mitchell coming alive and then you've got a defense that's ranked in the top five of everything, then there's going to be some Debbie Downers that just are like, pessimistic so it for sure will be the narrative in some people's head but i don't think it'll reflect reality of how quickly edc and lamar jackson everybody could reload that being said i don't even like talking about it because we're at we're talking as if they've lost it already and i just feel too good about this team that i'm just like i I don't even want to put that that like thought in my head because to me this team is totally capable of going all the way that pretty much symbolizes my sentiments. What I'll add to it is to think about defining an era over a six-week time span to me. I just, yeah. I, I'm like, as I'm listening to it for the first time, I'm like, so we're going to define an era. How long is an era defined as? I mean, we're talking multiple right. years, right? Like a generation in a sense, not that long. But we're going to define an entire era over a six-week period? Come right. on, man. Like you talk about hyperbole, talk about like big picture stuff. Like this, this whole conversation to me is just way too one, way too premature, um, a little superficial, and one that, quite frankly, I don't really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Here, let me. I'll say this: the narrative he just put out there about both teams will be true for an off season. For, the for an off season. season. For yes. an off, yes, for an off yes. season. Yes, yes. Yep. There we go. Yep. There cool. we go. Yeah. All right, quick hits. See, we don't always disagree this week. No, 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 not always. <laughs> the comments were funny, though. Pe- people do like a good debate, and we're always looking for ways to spice it up. So when the heck are we going to do it again? We'll see. Stay tuned. Well, wait, just, I just feel like the debates have to be genuine. Oh, not, not manufactured as they are on so many well, shows, for sure. Probably yeah. the one that we just talked about. I mean... I'm sure that's manufactured to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Not yeah. that it was a debate. I mean, he's more so he's more so sharing an opinion, but yeah. anyway. All right, All right. So quick, quick hits real quick. Where are we at? 31. Okay. I feel like we've got time for Baldy. I, I, I really want right. to get to Brian Baldinger from NFL network. He, we have all seen his film breakdowns. He's so good. He, he sees things and his commentary is good, but this specifically, well, it, and I want to bring this out heading into Jags because it, it, it feels like we're a little far away from looking back at Rams, but I, uh, this was very eye-opening to me, and I think it says a lot about the defense's performance. So look at how he breaks down how Matthew Stafford was able to move the ball through the air. This Rams passing attack is almost unstoppable because Matt Stafford is a spot thrower. Here's what I mean. Like right here, free hitter coming right at him, the ball's released. Like Cooper Cup, Hasn't even decided if he's going inside or outside. He turns around, the ball's right there for a touchdown. Like, this goes over, over, and over again. You watch this throw here to Demarcus Robinson. Like, Stafford's released it. I mean, Robinson's just digging right now. Eventually, he looks back shoulder, adjusts to the ball in the air. It's it's the whole group. It's Cooper Cup right here. Like, you watch him right here, and you watch this throw by Stafford. Ball's gone. Like, Stafford hasn't turned to look for it yet. But it's a spot. He's thrown to a spot. He's trusting his receiver's going to be there. Like the Ravens had the hardest time trying to slow down, stop. It was hard on the number one defensive football.
The rainbow. Oh man, the I wish the audio. Mastery. Yeah, and I wish the audio listeners could have seen that because literally he would pause it and show that Matthew Stafford is throwing, and the receivers are nowhere close to where the ball is about to go. They're not looking. And they're not looking they're, in one case. They're not looking. <laughs> and like, uh, listen. Uh, this is not like I do think that the Ravens defense, you, you got to be careful fourth quarters, all that kind of stuff, the rush defense, everything. So, yes, it's on the Ravens defense 1000% at the same time. Bobby, I have a hard time believing that teams could do that on a regular basis. I mean, the Ravens pass rush was in his face and he just got rid of it, not knowing if his, if his receivers even going to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's a credit to them 1000% that like that they can do that but i also have a, like i want to keep watching them i want to see can you keep can you replicate that time and time and time again because yeah. that was crazy what matthew stafford just did and uh, it's it's like yeah it was unreal and i and i just want to see if it's replicatable is that a word well i think is it replicable there we go maybe that's it anyway <laughs> but it just speaks to like the people that that want to put Stafford in the box of just being a gunslinger. No, mm. he's got touch. He's got finesse. He's got accuracy. I mean, yeah. On that first play, Cooper Cup was not even looking at the release mm -hmm. point. That is a spot thrower. That is somebody who trusts his accuracy, who trusts his arm, who has trust in his guy. That was a heck of a play. And and I'm telling you, that at points throughout the game, you're just thinking to yourself, man, these guys are two years removed from a Super Bowl. They've won three in a row. Are they going to steal one on the road? Mm. Ravens special teams had other ideas, as did Lamar and Zay in the fourth quarter. Our guy, Ryan Ripken, who is, um, of course, son of, of Cal Ripken Jr. and somebody who just retired from his professional baseball career within the last year, and he's starting to make his splash in media here in the Baltimore market. Host hosts the Ryan Ripken Show on YouTube. He had Sean Merriman on, a former NFL standout pass rusher, Played locally here in Baltimore at, uh, well, I guess technically in College Park at Maryland. And Sean talked about Chuck Smith, Ravens outside linebackers coach, who was sort of that non-traditional hire that John Harbaugh made this offseason, much like he did with Keith Williams as a, uh, a pass game specialist. I think he was even the, even the wide receivers coach for a year. They've, they've kind of shifted him around the last couple of years. But anyway, Sean had some good stuff to say about Dr. Rush. When they brought in Chuck Smith, too, also, right? So Chuck Smith was my pass rush coach in the offseason. I used to go see Chuck Smith in Atlanta, and I used to stay for a week plus at a time, and I worked with him for hours, sometimes twice a day when I go see him. So when I saw them bringing him on the staff, I said, you know what? They're about to look a whole lot different. Because Chuck is, when it comes to teaching, there's nobody better that I've worked with. And I've probably worked with 10 or 15 different pass rushing coaches in the country, when I tell you the, the technicality of what Chuck does, it's no, it's, I'm, it's no surprise that Jadavion Clowney has bounced back. He went missing for three or four years in the NFL. He did. Flashes of him making big plays here and there when he's in Cleveland, his tail end up with, with the Texans. We see flashes. We haven't seen him play like this in the last four years. Look what they're doing. Look what they're building out there. Look at their attitudes. Look how they're making tackles. They are finishing, punishing guys. They're the most physical team, in my opinion, in the NFL, in their style of play. Mm. So remember, entering week 15, as I look at the chart here, the Ravens still lead the league, Sarah, in sacks in terms of team rankings with 49. The next closest team is the L.A. Chargers 
at 43. You have guys like Justin Matabike and Jadavian Clowney, as you heard there from Sean, who are enjoying career years. Justin's going to get paid and get paid handsomely. It's just a matter of where. Could it be Baltimore? We'll see this offseason. Um, Kyle Van Noy was picked off the street within the first month. He's producing for you. You have guys in the secondary who are producing. Kyle Hamilton has a three-sack game from the Indianapolis game earlier in the season. They've come from all different angles. And I just think you got to give credit where credit is due there. And uh, well said by Sean about his former coach. It's a big endorsement. Big endorsement. So uh, we got this uh, chart here for the wide receivers. I'm, I'm covering up the name there. At throw the, the tang ball. So they they have a chart of who gets the most separation wide receivers. Let me zoom in there. Look at the bottom right corner. Rashad Bateman. Leads the league, all wide receivers of getting the most separation. So, man, there's an opportunity there, Bobby. I know you've talked about it quite a bit about, hey, all these guys are coming alive and then Rashad could just take it to another level. It just is all about Rashad and Lamar getting on the same page because he's clearly getting separation. Yeah, I I went back and forth thinking about this, right? I think there's reason for encouragement based on this graph, obviously, but there's also like, wow, we're 14 weeks in and he and Lamar just aren't on the same page yet from a deep ball game. So I guess there's also reason for a little bit of discouragement based on the angle that you want to take. I'm going to stick with the former. I think there's reason for encouragement, and I think at some point here, you're going to have a Rashad Bateman breakout game where he is the difference offensively. I just don't know when. I hope it's soon for his sake. I think it's going to happen. So it does look like the NFL is going to ban the hip drop tackle. Uh, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, did speak to it, and he feels like the the NFL has to. So uh, we've talked about that quite a bit. Uh, the Ravens threads for week 15, they're going with the white tops and black bottoms. Uh, and then I just wanted to throw some of these in here, Bobby. Um, Gordon McGinnis over at PFF, he's given some love to Eric DaCosta because he said 55.3% of the Ravens' defensive snaps have come from the team's past four drafts. So Matabike, Queen, Stone, Washington, Owe, Stevens, Hamilton, Jones, and Robinson, all big time. But then EDC, so you give some love to him, and then his work is never done, right? Because this offseason, Nick Cordy over at um, Over the Cap, he put together a list of the most 2023 snaps from each team that is set to hit free agency. Ravens are number two. 43% of their snaps are going to hit free agency after this season. We'll obviously talk about it in depth when the time comes. But, man, EDC had a great offseason. Has had a great great addition throughout all the way up to Malik Cunningham. But a, a GM's job is never finished. Yeah, no kidding. And in that previous slide, you know what it makes me think of? Like, no question, e- EDC got to have – Got to give him credit here. This also makes me think just about the scouting department in general, those that are on the road. I mean, some of these guys were mid-round picks, you know, and they really haven't missed. And so, you know, 55.3%, you said, of the Ravens' defensive snaps Mm. have come from the team's past four drafts. I think that, to me, is a scouting department win. Flex on them, EDC and company, and all those guys that spend weeks and weeks and months and months of the year on the road. Kevin Zeitler is a finalist for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. He's also leading all guards among Pro Bowl voting, so help them out. Go check out how you can do that at BaltimoreRavens.com. 
because Kevin deserves to get to the Pro Bowl, even if it is just some random event. It helps out with the incentives, I'm sure, these guys' contracts in some cases. I know you don't want to hear this, but I threw it in there anyway to finish up. Joe Flacco's new one-year deal with the Browns includes $4 million in incentives based on winning. This is according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Flacco's going to make seventy-five dollars for each of the remaining four regular season games he wins this season. Then, should Cleveland advance to the postseason, Flacco would make two hundred fifty dollars for a wild-card win, five hundred dollars for a divisional playoff win, a mil for an AFC championship game win, and $2 million for a Super Bowl win. The deal expires after this season when, once again, Flacco will be a free agent. He is 38. He was pretty funny during his locker room media availability. I'll finish with this. Cleveland reporters were asking about just his deal and the negotiation and, and whether or not he was going to leave the Browns when they sent him to you know, the practice squad or I guess even made him – did they release him? I don't know how it went this, this week with the roster construction. But he told reporters, he goes, I don't know, man. I was never leaving. I haven't even looked at my bank account. My agent, Joe, handles all of this. And I don't even know if I've gotten a check since I've gotten here. So for the love of the game, so cool. I love that. And and to make it all better, too, on top of all of this, he was shirtless. <laughs> he was shirtless. The last time a contract was dangled in front of him, we know what happened. This is a little bit different because it's incentive-laden. Uh, Joe clearly doesn't care because he hasn't checked his bank account, and I hope most of that money does not ever hit his bank account because we do not need the Browns doing anything you know, interesting over here to where that bank account fills up. So sorry, Joe, but I hope that it, that you do not get most of that money. Shout out to two of our OG patrons who are supporting us here inside the vault through Patreon this month, Bill Justice and Toey Faree. Thank you both. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there and you don't already do so, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month here inside the channel. Finally, we have a Jaguars guest on the books for us. So later today, probably around noon or so, you can expect your official game preview of Jaguars Ravens with Jaguars reporter uh, J.P. Shadrick. Yes. You never gave up. Well, it's been a couple weeks. I felt bad about it. Inventory-wise, in the back end, we need to get more episodes going. And, you know, we've committed to, to doing game preview episodes. So, you know. I'm glad we could do it. And uh, JP and I go way back, so it should be good. He's really thorough and, and solid, so looking forward to that. As always, if you guys haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to The Vault on YouTube. If you're in the audio-only space, we could sure use as many ratings and reviews as we could get, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to us. So special thanks to, to Thoroughbred, Sedan, Van, and Bus. Go check them out at ridethoroughbred.com. All that information can be found in the show notes. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault. You will hear from us later today. That's December 15th with an official game preview episode ahead of week 15.